Hello, word nerds. How are you doing today? Uh, this this episode is another fantastic episode. I'm going to say that right now, even though it hasn't happened yet, because we have another guest, and this is the beginning of uh, uh, a few a few guest episodes coming up. Today we have Camilla Rocha, and uh, I I um, I want to know why why are you here today, Camilla? Please tell us. Well, I'm here because you reached out on Facebook asking for are any DNA nerds out there? And um, my husband volunteered me and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sure did volunteer you. Uh, well, you accepted, you know, I wouldn't have yes. forced you to do oh, this. Oh, no, 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 for, for sure not. I um, I had him message you in private and say, hey, I'm available. Yeah. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, and I, I should mention that your husband is uh, my one of my oldest friends in the world, Jonah, who uh, has made one of my theme songs. I have two theme songs, and he's made one of them. I alternate back and forth each episode. Uh, I couldn't tell you now if your episode is going to have his theme song or not. <laughs> There's a 50-50 chance. Uh, hopefully it is. I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah. Um, so he, he has made that wonderful theme song. And of course, he's been on a couple episodes in the past. And so now, you know, we've got you joining joining the Dictionary Club. And then maybe someday uh, when your son is old enough, we'll get him on here as well. <laughs> sure. I'm going to be doing this thing well until he's an adult. So it, there's a good chance. Jonah said it will be a few years until you're done with this project. Just a few. <laughs> I, I'm, th- I'm thinking at least 20. Okay. Yeah. I'm making my life really hard. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So, why, why are, why did he volunteer you? What, why do you know more about DNA than I do? Um, I currently have a bachelor's degree in biology, um, which I found in appreciation for molecular biology during my studies. So, I've been focusing a lot on the molecular level of. Um, just knowing about biological stuff. So DNA is very much a big part of that. Um, And I am currently also working on my master's. Um, We are trying to engineer a bacteria to be able to digest cellulose a little better. So that also involves a lot of knowing about genes and where to put a gene into a genome and, and stuff like that. Oh, man, that stuff is so fascinating. And like, that's where my brain just sort of shuts off. Like, how do people even do this? How do they think about this? How do they know what to do? How like it's I'm like flabbergasted at that kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah, it's um, it's really amazing. Right now, I've been writing more than doing actual lab work, which is a bit boring, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's also a very much needed um, aspect of the work that you need to get done. Yeah. A good balance would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is uh, incredibly impressive that you are. So is your master's when, when it's all said and done, it will be a master's in molecular biology or is there a, a more specific name for uh, what you're doing? It'll be a master's in biotechnology. Oh, yeah. Even fancier sounding than <laughs> molecular biology. Biotechnology. Oh, my God. Um, well, if you have any... Um, uh, additional information about sort of where where you're where you're working and you know you're still in school obviously but like what you're doing if you have like links that you think might people people might find interesting uh, send them over I'll put them in the show notes if they want to go check out more information of like just also what is biotechnology sure I can certainly um, send you a few links I um, belong to the biotechnology American biotechnology 
um, guild or um, society is what they call it. So I, yeah, I can certainly shoot you a link for that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I only know the basics of DNA uh, from just, you know, junior high, high school, that sort of thing, um, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And so I really wanted to do this topic justice. And, uh, you know, most people probably have more knowledge of DNA than I do, but you you definitely have more than I do. And it was a, a very easy find of like, oh, I know this person. Let's get her on the show. <laughs> we, we made this happen real fast. Um so uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the words. Um, yeah. we have a very odd little little grouping here before we get to the word DNA, because uh, it's a bunch of acronyms really or, or abbreviations. So um, I don't think we're gonna have a lot to say about these. So we'll just get through them quickly. Uh, the first one is DLS, all caps. Um, and I did send you a photo. I don't know if you have that. If you want to follow at along, it right now. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, not necessary at all. Some people like to have that. So DLS is an abbreviation for Doctor of Library Science. Um, I actually know a couple of people who went to school for Library Science, but I don't think they got their doctorate, so you couldn't call them a, a doctor. Um, this is a different kind of science than what you do. I assume so. Um, I don't know anybody who has a library science degree but i imagine it has something to do with keeping knowing where to keep books in a library organized and um you know getting through all the articles and 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 being able to organize them in a yeah library. see uh, you, that's that's as much as i would think but what's yeah. amazing is like my thought is what's involved with library science? And I think there's so much more than I could even imagine. Like what, what there, I'm sure there's legal issues that you have to deal with, like things that I couldn't even come up with. But yeah, first and foremost, it's like the Dewey Decimal System. How do you yeah. organize everything? That's like step number one, probably. Um, okay, so I don't know if uh, I or Jonah had mentioned this to you, but after each word, I like to do a little sound effect just, you know, as a, a palate cleanser, if you will. Okay. So uh, what's sort of like the first sound that you can think of? And, and we'll make this sound with our mouths. <laughs> I guess we don't have to make it with our mouths. We could do our hands or something. The first sound that comes to my mind is just the sound that Harry does a lot. And um, whenever he observes, stops to observe something, and then he wants to comment on it, he goes... Oh, that's good. And that's unique, too. There's a story behind it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, you, well, you just made the sound effect. That's great. Um, so we are now moving on to our next word, which is DM. This is all lowercase and it is an abbreviation for decimeter, uh, which is, it's just a 10th of a meter. So that's all I got for that. Yep. Um, I, I like this. I would never would have thought of this sound effect. It's fantastic. Uh, the next word is DM again. This is all caps, and it is an abbreviation for Deutschmark, which uh, it's. I, I don't think they use this anymore, but this is the money that was used in Germany. Um, I think I do remember reading that, but now I think they're on the euro. So uh, the Deutschmark, uh, that's it. We're done with it. Interesting. Uh, have you ever been to Germany? No, I do want to. I tried to learn German on Duolingo several times and it never <laughs> took off. 
Uh, yeah, that's one of those things that's like so easy to stop and so hard to start up again. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much. Uh, it is your turn to make the sound effect. The same one? And, and you feel free to change it up in any way or just do the same thing, whatever you want. Let's go with... You, you can do the, it's the same sound, but like if you want to do it in a different way. Sometimes I'll 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 I would go like or you know I just have fun with the same sound effect. Okay. There you go. That was definitely different. No no pressure on changing it. If you want to be consistent, that's fine too. It's just I'm going through Harry's sounds honestly. It's everything that he does. I just repeat to him. It's gotta be. It's got to be pretty amazing to just sort of watch a child grow in that way and like just watch the world through their eyes. Oh, yes, it is. He's just taking his first steps. Um, Like right now, he he took five steps using a little walker. Um, It is really, really, really amazing. Um, And he picks up stuff so fast. He'll just observe. He knows how to go through the apps page of my phone just from watching me do it it's amazing yeah oh they're like sponges it's amazing uh i really do hope to get him on the show someday actually that would be awesome maybe when you're in the z's we'll get him on it'll be before that for sure (laughs) all right the next word is dma all caps abbreviation for doctor of musical arts uh, and I guess you can get a doctorate in musical arts. Uh, Jonah probably could have done that. Yes, I am actually pushing him to go for it. Um, really? We heard about a program that's been going on in Vanderbilt that you can get a slow master's. <laughs> okay. Like take just like one class at a semester. Right. Um, we're still talking about it. But yes, oh. yes. That would be very cool. Yeah. It would amazing that this that he has now a connection to a word in this episode that like we wouldn't have even predicted <laughs> that's awesome um the next word is d mark and uh i'm sure you could probably guess what this is it's got a capital d hyphen mark and you could also say deutsche mark oh sorry it's actually pronounced Deutschmark, but it's spelled d mark and it is a noun from 1948, and the synonym is Deutschmark. We, we get a lot of repetition like this sometimes. Sound effect for you. <laughs> I can totally visualize a baby doing that. Uh, DMD is next, all caps, abbreviation for Doctor of Dental Medicine. Huh. I've never heard of DMD, but I've definitely heard DDS in relation to a dentist. Mm. Um, this is from the new Latin, dentariae medicinae, medicinae doctor. So I get that's the new Latin way to say doctor of dental medicine. Hmm. I wonder if that even gets used anymore. No idea. Nope. Mm. Uh, you did the last sound. Yeah, so it's my yeah. turn. D-M-E is next. All caps. Noun from 1947. An electronic device that informs the pilot 
of an airplane on its distant of its start over i'm a dummy an electronic device that informs the pilot of an airplane of its distance from a particular ground station uh that was worded weirdly so no wonder why i got confused uh i'm trying to sort of process this it's it's a device that tells the pilot about is it about another airplane distance from its particular ground or may oh it's their airplane and how far away it is to a ground station yes that makes sense to you yes okay like an airport or something right right and um it is dme because it is uh, stands for distance measuring equipment sounds like a very important piece of equipment to have it does yes it does uh, in 1947, that's pretty impressive. I wonder, like, how far away do you have to be before it starts measuring? Hmm. That's I all I got for that. I wonder if it's right away. Right. Like, can they pre-program how far away they are first, and then it sort of just deduce, deducts the numbers as it goes? Hmm. Uh, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes so people hmm. can read more about yeah. this DME. That does sound interesting um sound effect for you um there we go next is d min capital d capital m and then i n abbreviation for doctor of ministry uh which i can only assume is a, a minister like in a church or something that's what I would assume as well. Yeah. Um, DMSO is next. All caps. Noun from 1964. Ooh, and if you are a, a patron, you get to see a, a potentially see a beautiful <laughs> cat now in the way, which is awesome. When I sometimes when I do these records at home, uh, which has been a while, uh, my my cat Audrey will pop up next to me, which I always love. Uh, so sorry, you're not a patron. You don't get to see the cat. Yeah, Benny takes any chance that Harry is not on me to to do this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so DMSO, noun from 1964. The synonym is sulfoxide, And uh, is that something that you have any knowledge about being in the sort of molecular biology world? I don't know what it is. You know, it's a chemical that I know of. Um, I think I think chemists use this a lot. Um, it, it's used to help reduce inflammation. Ah, um, I am going back a number of pages because I probably talked about this. Here we go. Dimethyl sulfoxide, uh, a compound obtained as a byproduct in wood pulp manufacture and used as a solvent and in medicine as an anti-inflammatory agent. See, you know your stuff. <laughs> I never right. would have known that without reading it in the dictionary. I knew uh, and it then- was a chemical and I kind of had an idea that it was used for inflammation but i had to look it up just to make sure um and do you have you usually heard it as dmso or yeah, yeah. yeah. okay gotcha next is dmt uh this is a whole different type of chemical it is a noun from circa 1966 
and the synonym is dimethyltryptamine, which uh, I believe I did talk about. Now, I think it mentioned it when I read it. Uh, do you, are you familiar with this? Have you ever heard of this one? You know, um, I am trying to look this up just to make sure, but I think I may have a tattoo of this molecule. Oh, it's, really? Um, it's a psychedelic yeah. drug. Um, where is my tattoos folder? So I got a tattoo because I have very vivid dreams, and I've always that's something that I've always had. Um, oh. And I wanted something that I could like that was interesting enough that I could put a little bit of Harry Potter and a little bit of Doctor Who and and a little bit of Supernatural. So it's a huge molecule that has like a few different nerdy geek stuff around it. Um, but because of my dreams and all the vivid dreams that I've had, um, and I looked looked up what is the substance in your brain that makes you dream. And I think my solution was a DMT molecule that um, apparently that is the last molecule that your brain secretes right after, right before you die. Yeah, I've heard that too. And that's like the, the thing that you think of as you're drifting away. Um, yeah, I've heard a little bit about this. Um, a friend of me, a friend of mine, lent me a book about it, which I never got around to reading. I wonder if I still have it, actually. Um, but yeah, so what the what the dictionary here says? Because I, I just went back. A naturally occurring or easily synthesized hallucinogenic drug that is chemically similar to but shorter acting than psilocybin. Um, so yeah, it's a fascinating thing that people do take recreationally but it is also just occurring in humans and other yes. animals that yeah i think i've heard dreams it, it has it as an effect dreams and then of course before you die um so yeah it's a fascinating thing i will say this i have never taken it recreationally i've never ingested this in any way I am curious, though. <laughs> I am, too. And you know what? I just found the folder that says for sure which molecule it is, and it is DMT. I wasn't sure if it was DMT or DNT, but it, okay. it is. This is it? Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact that you added a bunch of nerdy elements to your <laughs> tattoo. That's fantastic. <laughs> what would you say was in there? Harry Potter and what else? It's Harry Potter, Supernatural, and Doctor Who. Oh, gotcha. So I um, have a TARDIS. Yeah, like embedded into the molecule and then a little bit of Hogwarts, a Hogwarts tower that has a little flag and the supernatural Impala car all the way to the bottom. That's cool. Uh, my niece is a big Harry Potter and Doctor Who fan. Uh, I, I I don't think she's familiar with Supernatural. I think that might be a little more adult for her 13 year old self at this point. Um, That's when I started getting into okay. it. All right, I'm going to definitely recommend that to her then. Uh, yeah. I think I watched the first couple episodes and I just didn't have the time to keep on going, but I know it's like a huge cultural phenomenon. It is. Um, I will say it's a huge time investment because there are like yeah. 16 seasons out. <laughs> That's insane. Um. <laughs> They're not, are they still making those? No, that was oh, okay. the last season. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of seasons. Um. All right. Well, I, I may need to get a picture of your tattoo so I can show my niece at some point. Sure. Um, okay. Moving on. I think it's your sound effect time. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go with... 
Nice. We got a little ASMR there. Uh, this one is DMV, all caps, abbreviation for Department of Motor Vehicles, everybody's favorite place to go. Uh, I, I'm sure I could talk about the DMV for a while, but I won't because I don't <laughs> want to bring up terrible memories. Um, I, I assume that you've you've had plenty of experiences with that place. I've had a couple, yeah. Um, none too bad, except for when I had to take my um, driving test. Twice. Your first driving test? Yeah. The, oh, not man. the not the actual driving. The the written portion. Oh, okay. The test. Yeah, it was annoying, but. I um, I was convinced that I did not pass my driving test. I I I think I messed up a couple of things, and uh, the guy didn't seem very impressed. And uh, when we got back to the to the DMV, I was ready for him to say you didn't pass, and I did somehow. <laughs> I guess their standards are really low. <laughs> That would Which, explain a lot. Yes, it would explain a lot <laughs> from, from all the terrible drivers I see out there. Oh, my God. Oh, the DMV. Okay. I have to mention Patty and Selma from The Simpsons because they work at the DMV and they okay. are fantastic characters. Yeah. Next is DMZ, all caps, abbreviation for Demilitarized Zone. A place where there is no military anymore. Perfect, thank you. DN is next. This is an abbreviation for down. So we just took out oh. half the letters to make the word okay. DN from down. That's it. Here is our big word. Uh, not only is it our big word because of our guest today, but also because it is literally taking up the most space uh, in this section. Uh, so we have DNA, all caps, noun from 1944. And um, I'll say the etymology first. Uh, it stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. So the D from deoxyribo, the N from nucleic, and then the A from acid. It is... It's a long definition. Any of various nucleic acids that are usually the molecular basis of heredity are constructed of a double helix held together by hydrogen bonds between purine and pyrimidine bases, which project inward from two chains containing alternate links of deoxyribose and phosphate, and that in eukaryotes are localized chiefly in cell nuclei. And it says to compare to recombinant DNA. Uh, just real quick, recombinant DNA, can you just briefly tell us how that is similar or different? Recombinant DNA is just DNA that has been, um, so you know you have one leg of the chromosome is from your mom and the other one is from your dad. If recombinant is when they kind of cross over and you get a little bit of um, each part. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I might have to have you back when we get to the R's <laughs> to talk about recombinant <laughs> DNA when, when, when Harry's in college. <laughs> um, so there is a picture. Um, it's it's a it might be a little complicated to describe, but um, I guess first of all, just just w what additional information can you give us that sort of is left out? Like, what are some other important things to know about DNA? 
I would say um, that there are four nucleic acids and one is adenine that pairs with thymine and cytosine that pairs with guanine. Um, and so DNA is a double helix and each each one of those nucleotides have to be attached together. I'm sorry. That, that is the cat <laughs> walking on the piano. This is perfect. Um, so for them to be attached together, think of the DNA as a letter. And then the A pairs with the T, the C pairs with the G. But for the DNA to be compacted into the nuclei of a cell, it has to be twisted and twisted and twisted. And we call that supercoil. Um, so that's the supercoiling of the DNA. And if you unpack it, it, it becomes like this. I think it's like two meters long. Um, it's something you, crazy. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very tall port person. It's like over six feet. <laughs> Definitely taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say that that's the the most important thing. And then, you, of course, you can delve into it a little more. Um, DNA can be wrapped around these big proteins. And then if you want to access the DNA, then enzymes come into it that um, are able to unravel the DNA so you can access the exact part that you need to access. Okay. So... so uh most of what you said is kind of what I've I've already known. You know, it's it's the mm -hmm. double helix. It's twisted. Uh, that's what we see here in the picture. And the I knew that there was the A T G C, but I couldn't remember which ones pair with which. So the A and the T are always paired together. Yes. And the G and the C are, are always paired together. Correct. And so to give a, a little bit more of a visual description of kind of what you had said, if you take a ladder. And you, the one half you said is from your mom and the other half is from your dad. Is that kind of how it works or am I simplifying it too much? No, that's an oversimplification. That's a chromosome. So the DNA will be super coiled into a chromosome. That's what a, a chromosome is. Yes. Um, so that was actually going to be one of my other questions is where is this DNA stored? It's stored into the nucleus of the cell. And for you to be able to access that DNA, you have to go into the nucleus of the cell. There are some DNA that are stored into the mitochondria too, but that's a different kind. Okay. And every single cell, uh, this is a, a, a question for you. Mm -hmm. Every single cell in your body will have the DNA in the nucleus? Yes. That's a lot of cells. Yes, that is correct. And that is a lot of 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 copies of your dna that's oh, yes like six feet or more for that each is one. that is correct yes um not all of the dna is um active mm. actually like 90 90 over 99 percent of the dna we don't really know much about um we have access it's it's we can we only we share 99 percent of the dna only one percent of you and me are different basically um and it's not all of the dna is active all the time there is a lot of genes that are just like um, dormant mm. and um the human genome has been mapped completely but like i said we don't know everything 
everything. <laughs> right. There, there's still so much to figure out. Yeah. Um, so, so I had that one thing wrong about one half coming from your mom and one half coming from your dad. So we'll ignore that part for now. But it basically, so it's the ladder and there's the, the two vertical pieces and then the rungs that go across horizontally, those are what would be made up of the the A and the T. So one half would be A of one half of the rung that you step on or grab onto would be the A. The other half would be the T. The next run rung up could be A T or T A or G C or C G. It's like any combination of those four letters with those two pairings. And, and that's what I think is kind of amazing is that it's only four letters. It's only four things only that can be combined in so few ways. But because there's how many ever millions of them throughout the whole DNA, it creates this incredibly unique thing that makes up you. Yes, that is correct. I should have worn my protein shirt. I have a shirt that has all the nu- um, nucleotides that translate into different proteins. and stuff. Oh, that's very cool. Um, but yeah, that is correct. Um, so I will try to quickly describe this very complicated image that's in this book. Uh, obviously, I'm going to you know, put a link in the show notes for more stuff about DNA and uh, probably post some pictures on social media as well. But um, so there's, there's, two, there's two things here of, of uh, DNA. Um, and feel free to jump in at any point with if I say something wrong or you just want to add additional information. So the the A image here, DNA A, it's called the molecular model. And the B image is called the double helix. So the double helix is really just showing the, the basic structure of the double helix of these sort of two, uh, two strands that are twisted kind of around each other. And then it shows these sort of dotted lines where kind of those rungs would be of the ATGC. Um, but back to the, the molecular model, this, this is the DNA with all of these sort of bubble sphere molecules on it. So it makes it look very, well, bubbly, basically. <laughs> um, how, how accurate do you think that that image is of actual DNA? That is actually pretty accurate. Um, okay. It's got the the backbone, the sugar phosphate backbone there, um, made up by the, the, so each circle is patterned differently. And each of those circles stand for a different atom yeah. or, a, or a different, um, a different aspect of the DNA double helix. So you, if you look at it, number five, it's the phosphorus that hangs to the, that hangs attached to the sugar phosphate, uh, to the sugar base, nitrogenous base. Um, that is pretty accurate, actually. I'm okay. impressed. So, so yeah, we have these five molecules or f- these five numbers. There's a little key that shows you uh, the circle size is slightly different. And then, yeah, they have different shadings. Like one is completely open. Number two is filled with a lot of little dots. Number three is vertical lines. Number four is just a gray tone. And then number five is completely black. So I'm not going to tell you where all of these are exactly because mm. that would be way too complicated. Uh, but basically, number one is hydrogen. That's the open circle or the, the white circle. Uh, number two is oxygen. 
Uh, number three is carbon in the helical phosphate ester chains. Is it helical or helical? It's probably helical. 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 Uh, number four is the carbon and nitrogen in the cross-linked purine and pyramidine bases. And then, yeah, like you said, number five is the phosphorus. So um, I do have a question because yeah. um, I am a second. English is my second language. And I've noticed that you're saying purine and pyramidine. And I've always said it purine and pyramidine. And I'm wondering if that I is an accent know. thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Um, you would be way more correct than me because you actually study this stuff. I'm, um, I'm just very, um, I have very spotty memory when it comes to specific things like this. I don't remember my teachers saying one or the other. So okay. I am genuinely wondering if i've been saying this wrong the whole time <laughs> these these are not words that are common in my uh my everyday language mm -hmm. so i'm kind of only basing on what my brain wants to say and i have heard them before but but yeah i don't know if okay if i'm supposed to say purine or purine uh i would so you you said you've you were thinking purine that's that's purine and pyramidine, pyramidine. Yeah. yeah that makes more sense um but, you Google. know, I think because of the I-N-E at the end, that's my brain wants to go ein, but I really have no clue. Um, Google says it's ein. There you go. I trust you and Google together. I trust Google. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting, though, um, is that there have been a lot of words that I've come across doing this podcast that um, I kind of always thought that they were one way to be pronounced, but it does say that, you know... You know, these two or three different ways are are perfectly fine as well. So I'm actually trying to find this word uh, purine to see what what does it say? Is it only going to say purine or is it going to say purine as well? Probably not. Let's see real quick. P-U-R-I-N-E. Yep. Purine. That's the only one in there. So Spencer was wrong okay. yet again. <laughs> I'm wrong all the time. So am I. Um. Yeah, it's such a such a big a big thing to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think. There were there were some other questions that I had for you before, and I've completely forgotten them. Um, let's see. So it's it's tiny. It's coiled up. It's in all of our cells. Uh, we share so much of it. I mean, same with like chimpanzees and and bonobos. We share so much of our DNA. There's such a tiny tiny little difference. Um, I, I just I think that the the fact that like it's a relatively simple structure. I mean, this picture doesn't look simple, but like in general, it's a relatively simple structure of these these things. I don't even know what to call them um, that just create that like that that is this is the instructions that tell your body how to create. It tells your cells how to divide in certain ways to make up your physical structure. Yes. Um, and it, I know that there are mutations that happen. Now, are those in, the, will those be in the DNA or the chromosome or both? How does that work? So um, every time we go through a cell cycle, like meio meiosis, um, there is there's when the, the the cell is splitting mm -hmm. 
there mm-hmm. are checkpoints that um, your your body your your body goes through um, to check that there aren't any errors. And if there are errors, then the cell goes through it goes through apoptosis, which is cell death. So that cell doesn't get divided. Or, and there are other mechanisms also that um, the body can self-regulate. That's actually basically how cancer happens when mm-hmm. your, your body loses the ability of um, surpass those checkpoints. And then a mutated cell just keeps on dividing and dividing and dividing. It grows into something crazy. The fact that our body has this checkpoint system in the first place is <laughs> It's several of them. I think there are at least three, if I'm not mistaken, three and, checkpoints. And then that it's not only does that happen, but it can also tell the cell. Like, does this happen in the cell it, itself? Does the cell check or is it something else checking the cell? So there are, um, I, I would call looking at, at the... Meiotic process, I would call it as a cell thing, but there are several tiny different responses that tell you which gene is functioning, which is not. Um, so it's it's a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny proteins involved into and and signal cascades involved into getting that information to see if the cell is ready for division or not. So you can look at it at a, at a, I'm not going to say macroscopic, but like at a zoomed out level, which I think would be the easiest to um, explain to people mm-hmm. going into like the actual molecular level and looking into the tiny, tiny bits and pieces and the cascade signals and the little peptide, uh, other, um, Signal cas uh, yeah ca- signal cascades will would be out of my depth to sure. explain yeah but it um it basically for those checkpoints to happen the cell is checking constantly while copying genetic information to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be and if one of those signals are not there. Or if there is an um, something that is there that is not supposed to be, mm. um, the cell is usually pretty good at catching that. The cell is pretty good at catching mutations at the nucleotide level because after they copy the whole thing, it goes through a proofreading process, and then it's it's really wild. It is. And then um, after after that proofreading process, there are some mutations that can they they can slip by, but some mutations are too detrimental. So if there is like a stop, if there is a mutation that makes translation stop um, too early, then that cell is probably not going to that gene is probably not going to be completely copied. And that means that if it's a very, very important gene, then that the cell needs to survive, that cell is just not going to complete the cycle. And then it just, the body was like, nope, sorry, you can't divide. We don't want you anymore. Yes. If 
if it's working properly. Yes, it goes into apoptosis. And sometimes parts and bits and pieces of that cell can be recycled into your body, uh. or at least for um, energy. But sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Man, the body is like... <laughs> It's just it's just astounding what it what it does what it can do. Um, it's just this is like we we don't have any consciousness of what's going on. Like we're not aware of this. It just happens, and man, it just blows my mind. It really does. Yeah, yeah. That's why I went into biology. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, like, what? Um, I'm trying to think of like what what are you studying? Like what? Uh, what what's like one thing that you're super super interested in or that you're studying now or that you've learned that you find just incredibly fascinating i don't i don't even know what my question is yeah well what i'm doing right now is we're trying to use a specific bacteria to I'm going to say the word absorb, but um, so we are trying to put a specific gene into this bacteria so we can digest cellulose better. And if we can make that happen, then perhaps instead of using the fungi that has that gene that takes a specific set of conditions to grow in a lab, it takes longer to grow fungi in the lab. Bacteria, you can have like a day, a day output like you you feed the bacteria next day they are grown and they are if they are secreting the enzymes and the genes they if they are expressing the genes that you're interested in that's good so my project is making sure that that bacteria can take up this good cellulase gene and hopefully i will be able to make that digest cellulose and in an industry level it could be used for ethanol fermentation. So like to make biofuels and, and stuff like that. If we can get that to digest paper or wood cellulose, then that that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but my project is just like the very, very beginning of that. that right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could potentially lead to a lot more renewable fuel sources yes. because we're, you know, obviously our whole oil situation is mm -hmm. messed up. Right. So my um, advisor is very much um, interested in in renewable energy sources within a biotechnological approach. So what tools can we develop that would make that rela um, reality more attainable, basically? Um, so the tool that we're working on right now is this bacteria, the specific bacteria that I'm working with. But Are there I other students doing other trying other things so yes his main he works with yeast mainly um this is dr robertson at mtsu um he and he has several papers that he published that he was able to to build tools that would make biotechnology better um he he designed a, a bioluminescence reporter years back with with a, another student for circadian like rhythm um east day uh, day night cycles mm. um it's been a while since i read that article <laughs> of his so i don't know the specifics and then there is another student who is working on his own project has to do with tobacco mm. um 
and I'm I'm the I'm me and TJ, which is a PhD student in his lab, are the only ones working with this specific bacteria. And um, but his project is a little different than mine. He's focusing on polymer chains, um, breaking down polymer chains. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Man, yeah, this stuff is so fascinating, and it's. It's, it's been really interesting to see sort of where we've come in the last 30 years and where we're going, uh, yeah, especially because sure. it pertains to, you know, biofuel and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, before getting my, my bachelor's in biology, I was like very, very interested in cloning because mm -hmm. all that CRISPR talk was, was everywhere for, for mm -hmm. a couple of years back. And everybody was all about CRISPR. And then in taking all the classes that I've taken, um, I've learned that there are easier traditional cloning techniques, which is mainly what I use for my project. We don't really do CRISPR um, okay. in the lab. We just do stuff that's been out there for over 50, 40 years. Hmm. That, that's like old school science. <laughs> science is what Dr. Robertson calls it. Oh, it's um, cool, yeah. It works. It still works. And um, yeah, hoping my project will be successful. I hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's you, how long do you expect that to... When, when, would you, when do you think you'll find out? Um, it depends on the experiments that we're trying to set yeah. up. So far, it hasn't been great. Um, I'm trying to write up my proposal um, in the next month so i can defend it so it's basically it's mostly gonna be background information why do i think this is important and telling them what it is that i um want to do to make it happen but i intend to graduate after the fall so like in december so hopefully oh. by then in a year yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah have, well, maybe less yeah i'll have i'll have some some data to show that i can actually write my thesis on that's very cool and then then you're out in the world and you'll find another project to work on yeah yeah hopefully well-paying job yes that's always the goal <laughs> well-paying but also fun and interesting yes yes for sure yeah i don't want to just write stuff in an office that right is, you want to do actual yeah. experiments yes correct yeah um well uh i i feel like I, my brain is very full with all of this information um i find it super interesting and uh you know, if, if anybody listening has, you know, even the smallest amount of interest in uh, DNA, molecules, all that stuff, you know, go, go, go learn that stuff. Go, go to school to learn that. And yeah. I highly suggest basic biology courses. Um, Start there. Just to get, get the, the main idea first and then move on. Genetics was what hooked me into the, the yeah. whole thing. It's, it's, I, I never studied it, but I find it fascinating. Um, all right. Would you like to do one more sound effect, please? Yes. Let's go with Titi, Titi. Does he actually make that sound too, or <laughs> no. just nice? No, I'm okay. Just, just trying to change it up. Perfect. Uh, this is our last word. It is DNA fingerprinting. Two words. 
noun from 1984. Uh, so DNA was coined in 1944. This is 40 years later. And it is a technique used especially for identification as for forensic purposes by extracting and identifying the base pair pattern in an individual's DNA. It is also called DNA typing and uh, a DNA fingerprint that is also a noun. So the fingerprinting and the fingerprint. Uh, we, every once in a while, my wife and I will watch some, uh, you know, true crime shows or uh, anything related to that. And, you know, for the last 30 or 40 years, they have been able to talk about DNA and how that's played a, such a huge role in forensics. Um, yeah. Could you just give kind of a, a quick... Um, a more of a more of a ex- dis- description than what they gave here, uh, just describing sort of how this works and and like what's involved in this. You know, I don't know much about how their process works because I haven't really taken any forensic level classes. That's like a different department. Yeah, but um, I do know it involves. It may involves. This is a wild guess. Maybe they try to sequence the DNA and then they try because I know it involves a gel running it through a gel, mm. getting specific bands on the gel and then comparing it to like whatever sample they have to the suspect and seeing if those bands match around the same areas. on the Yeah, gel. I've seen those pictures of those bands and I never really fully understand like what is that? But I guess it's the it's a it's a visual representation in some way of of a person's DNA. Right. And it, it does involve a letter like we have. a It's what we call a letter, which is a unknown sequence of DNA cuts. So there will be um, 100 base pairs right at the top 200 right at the and it goes like there are different sizes letters and then that's the first thing that you load onto the gel to compare the sizes of what you get so for example for my project i'm at i told you that i'm trying to incorporate a, a gene into my bacteria that makes a recombinant dna that makes the new dna a different size than the original one. Hmm. So if I want to know if my bacteria took up my gene, I cut it with a specific set of enzymes, and then there are programs online that I can I can throw my sequence through, and then it'll tell me what size to expect. Oh, you, uh, my gene is 1.2 kilobases. Then I run, I cut my bacteria with those enzymes, I run it through a gel. If I get a band at around 1.2 kilobases, then I know that my experiment was successful. I imagine it's something like this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, the little bit that I know is, you know, from the even uh, earlier than what you described is uh, they take a, a blood sample or a skin sample or a hair sample, something mm-hmm. that has our DNA in there. And they'll go through the process that you described or something like that they'll they'll send it to the lab yeah <laughs> and uh and then the fancy lab people do their fancy lab work right um and then they're able to sequence the dna figure out the the specifics of the dna what makes that dna specific to another dna right i don't actually know if they sequence it that's that's 
like I said, that was a wild mm. guess. But um, if you want to know specific bases, then I would say that you need you you would need to sequence it. But maybe you yeah. don't need to be that specific. Maybe if you just can get good chunks that match the sample and the suspect. Get a, get enough. enough information. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then, like you said, compare that to the DNA that they've tested from the right. suspect or uh, some other people mm -hmm. to see if, you know, if that matches. I mean, that's that's what I imagine it is like. I've, I've done theoretical exercises of that on like my first year as an undergrad, which has been <laughs> six years ago. So I yeah. don't remember much about those. But um, I, I, I think... It may be on the right track. It sounds right to me. I'm going to say it's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's had a, a huge effect on on forensics and figuring out who oh, yes. did this thing, who mm -hmm. was the murderer, uh, whatever it is. I mean, they've actually gone back decades and, and solved crimes from way back when. Um, I've yeah. recently also gotten into true crime podcasts. Yes. And um, it's, um, I listened to one. Can I say the name? Yeah. It's just Crime Junkie. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's I think like, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's amazing storytelling. And they call, like, the recent years. Um, it's the season of justice because of all the DNA stuff. So they are solving a bunch of cold cases from way back when because now they have, they've collected all these blood samples from, or, or, like, any fingerprint samples that they had from years and years ago from the 80s from mm -hmm. the 70s and then now they're able to compare all of that information with even relatives because they're right. you know there's 20 23 and me now so yeah you can, you can get some of that information and ancestry yeah i think um yeah yeah um th are you familiar with the uh i think it's the golden state killer Oh yeah, they did an episode on that. Uh huh. Yeah, they, he was recently cat caught, right? He was, yeah. yeah. And I think it was from DNA, and I think it was also from Twenty Three and Me or Ancestry, one yeah, of those. And correct. I mean, this this was a story of somebody. God, must have been at least fifty years. Uh, se I think it was in the seventies. Yeah, so like fifty years ago, he was killing all these people in California, Washington, Golden State, whichever state that is, Washington. <laughs> I want to say, and um. It was this this cold case for all these years. And then um, I don't know how much you know about this, but my wife is also big into true crime. So I learned all about this. But um, there was a woman writing a book about him trying to figure out who he was called I'll, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. She happened to be the wife of Patton Oswalt, the comedian and actor. Oh. She ended up dying before she finished the book. I think because of the stress of writing this book and like everything involved, it just killed her. And her, some of her uh, co-workers, people helping her out, they ended up finishing the book. Then they turned it into maybe a podcast, but also a six-part HBO series. Oh. Which is about finding him but also about her story it's this fascinating series hmm. about just all of it and her story and, and yeah it's really incredible and yeah they found the guy and he's in jail now and That's he's like amazing. 80 or something yeah yeah it's crazy oh okay well that was that was a lot of fun talk uh, i'm so glad that you did this um so the last part that we do is i will quickly reread the words that we had which are just a bunch of letters <laughs> mostly and uh you get to pick a word of the episode 
uh, I, I may, may, may know what you want, but I could be shocked. So today we had DLS, DM, DM, DMA, Deutschmark, DMD, DME, DMIN, DMSO, DMT, DMV, DMZ, DN, DNA, and DNA fingerprinting. I'm going to go with DMT. Because it DMT. reminded me of my tattoo, and I hadn't thought of it in a while. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, I, I was thinking, mm, if she doesn't pick DNA, she's probably going to pick DMT. Uh, that's fantastic. Nice curveball there. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, so so DMT is the word of the episode. Uh, maybe I need to get some of my some, some DMT. See what, see what it's all about. <laughs> We'll see. I, I don't think it's legal. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> uh, I've heard stories of people talking about it. So I'm like, hmm, what's that like? Sounds interesting. I'll wait until I die. And then I there you have go. the full experience. Yes, yes, exactly. The, the full natural experience. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, you can totally say no. Would you like to sing a little song about DMT, which could be as simple as just singing the letters DMT, and that's it? Oh, gosh. Okay. Just me, or can you help me? Whatever you prefer. There's a bit of a delay, so I don't know how well that would work, but we can try it. Yeah. I'm just trying to run through the makeup songs that I sing for Harry sometimes (laughs) and see if that would work. Yeah. And it could just be as simple as like, DMT, DMT. That's DMT. (laughs) That's probably what I would do. Okay. Um, And if you you don't want to, that's that's fine too. DMT, DMT. For you and me, it's DMT. Yeah, that was great. That was perfect. Is, is that similar to one of the songs that you you sing? No idea. It was j- I, totally new and original. Yep. Yeah. I, I, Just I, for your podcast. It's it, and it will never be said again. You have <laughs> I'll to probably listen forget to this. right after I forget. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for for doing this uh, and having this incredibly nerdy conversation with me. Yeah. Um, Thanks um, for having me. Anything you want to plug or, or tell the people? No, I'll send you a couple of links for biotechnology resources if you if you're interested. But um, yeah, sounds good. Well, until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. My name is Michael Hunter. My buddy, David Spencer, and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, HomestarRunner.com. You know, the guys that did... Looks like we're gonna have to jump. I said, come on. We're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order. I've seen all of them. David has seen most of them. And David's wife, Alexa, pops in and watches them for the first time just for the show. Come on, Fahooglapods, a Homestar Runner podcast available wherever podcasts are sold and at pipedreampodcast.com.